You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my home. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that we all, yes, you, Peter Vera, love to frolic about in our free time. And the Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show, you want to help support the show, keep the generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Thank you for listening to episode 145, Two Timer. Joining me, uh, first off, he's making uh, a return to the show. This is his third appearance uh, on the show. It's uh, the, the one and only Tim Rooney. Tim, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. Uh, it's one of those things that we're like, we have to do another episode and be like, yes. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. It, yes. It, <laughs> it was mostly scheduling uh, uh, that, which, and like trying to figure out what to do. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that uh, not only to be back on the show, but with another co host and to yeah. talk about this story specifically. Yes. Uh, yes, another co host because things really lined up for this episode and um he this is his first time on this show and i've been the three of us have been talking uh for quite a while on the interwebs uh he has a voice that is familiar to uh john carpenter's hometown on the radio waves it's one preston willis preston welcome to the batman book club Oh, buddy, I'm so happy to be here among great friends. Yeah, my first time, man. So thank you so much. It's been a yeah. it's been a long time coming, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but we're talking a really good book today. Yeah, one I really we, enjoyed. It is a great story. It's a good story, but we can't get to that yet because Tim has been through this um, many times ago. But this is your first time on the show, so yeah. we have to know what is your favorite Batman story. Oh, man, my favorite Batman story. Can I be like super basic and say the long Halloween? Can I just give you that? You know, I was about to say no, but then you followed it up with the long Halloween. And uh, yeah, you get free pass on everything. It's the right choice. It's the the best choice. You know what? Let's let's skip the book we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the long Halloween. (laughs) Chapter one. Stop right in. (laughs) I never need an excuse to talk about long Halloween. And Preston, I know you said you're going to be super basic, like uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again. You're like, oh, oh, wow. All right. Huh. Then I, I lean forward, like, do tell. I, I was like, yeah. I mean, it's not a complete like write off. I'm like, intrigued. Lean closer. OK. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Long Halloween, I just kind of sit back, kick the feet up. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Like Antonio Banderas on the on the meme or the gif, you know, just. Hit yes. No, it is. But good choice. Good. Thank choice. you. Thank There's you. no wrong answer um, in this. And Tim, I still think that you have the, I almost want to say like the most out, hmm, I don't know how to phrase this, unique choice when I asked you this question in 2020 when you were first on the show. 
Well, because you you gave me such leeway because you said story. You didn't say comic. You didn't say that's movie. that's correct. You said story. Uh, I mean, I imagine there's probably some trading cards out there from like a few decades ago that tell a story that I can imagine somebody picking those. So, <laughs> you know, like I, I imagine I'm not going to be the most unique one. I, I I have a feeling a new guest will say something very out there that'll make you go, huh? <laughs> I never thought of it like that. So. If, if anybody doesn't remember, and Preston, if you if you're unaware, Tim's yeah, choice was Mask was of the Phantasm. Oh, okay. Now, that's, that's unique because it's a movie. But I said to Tim, I was like, wait. When I said a favorite Batman story, because I didn't want to cap somebody off and say like comic story, but maybe somebody has there's a Batman novel that somebody's like, you know, this is my favorite Batman story is a sure. So I kind of left it open like that, and then Tim fires away with a wild card and says Mask of the Phantasm. I'm like, well. There is a comic based on the movie. There is a novelization of the movie. There's a script of the movie. It counts. It's a story. It counts. Yep. Yeah, it's a story. Uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to be pedantic and be like, yeah, Batman uh, Arkham Asylum, the video game. Yeah. Um, um, I'm pretty sure there were scripts for that, too. So it counts. Yeah. It all counts. <laughs> Got it. Uh, excellent, guys. Um, well, I don't want to waste any more time not that we were wasting time at all to even begin with but i'm ready to just dive into um the the main event of this this here episode in this discussion i'm talking two timers now this is a two two issue story that launched the batman and robin adventures comic line in released in 1995 uh, this was written by Paul Dini with uh, art by Ty Templeton. Uh, they released physical issues. They're available now digitally. They're in a uh, trade paperback volume one of Batman and Robin adventures. Uh, it's available on DC universe infinite. And also that trade paperback collection collection is um, available on my favorite app of all time. Hoopla, which uh, I think was it you Preston that you just experienced the wonderful world of hoopla lately that's it man i okay. was uh in search of this in search of this glorious book and kind of came across it put my uh put my login credentials in via my good old library card yeah. and i'm like look at this wealth of resources here and yeah it was like it's, free and totally available it's incredible tim are you aware of hoopla uh, aside from my loud mouth constantly talking about it yeah because i just finished the first uh the first Mike Hammer book by Mickey Spillane, I, the jury, through Hoopla's audiobooks. Yes! yes. Uh, guys, the word's spreading. And it's not just panic, it's Hoopla. Um, <laughs> so for this for this discussion, uh, Tim, you first. Which version did you read for this episode? I read my copy of the trade paperback, The Batman of Robin Adventures, that uh, Excellent. I'm holding up right now. Uh, the very same one that Preston has in for the he got from his library copy as well. This one, yes, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I have all the the Batman Adventures and the Batman and Robin Adventures, and now the Superman Adventures. Like this, is, like if this house is on fire, and like I can only grab a few things. These comics are the ones I'm grabbing, like specifically. Yeah. I'm just like, especially <clears throat> I bought off eBay. Uh, like DC Adventures, where it's like kind of like a precursor to Justice League done in the DCAU form that I bought as individual issues. So, and I'm like, 
yeah, those are things I'm saving. I'm like, I can get Dark Knight uh, Returns. I can get Long Halloween and Dark Victory again. But like these, no, these have sentimental value. I'm grabbing these from a burning building. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I mean, I guess we just played your hand, Preston, but you have a physical trade collection in your hand as well. Yes, that is ultimately how I read it. Even though I did find it digitally and it was super convenient, I was like, I don't know. I'd like to I'd like to flip those pages, man. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And let me ask, by the way, just because I, I actually don't know, are there two volumes of this or more? Or there are three, I think. There are Batman three. Robin okay. Adventures. Cool. Four for just the Batman Adventures where Robin yeah. periodically shows up. Oh, nice. I think there's three for Batman and Robin Adventures where Robin's there most of the time. And then eventually there was the Gotham uh, Adventures, which is like done the new the season three uh, redesigns where it's a lot. OK, Batman, Nightwing, Robin and Batgirl, uh-huh. which those ran the longest. I think it's like over 60 issues and much to the chagrin of Jay Oz and myself. They have not been collected in trade paperbacks mm. in English. Curses. Yeah. Yeah. It's you a... can find them in Spanish in and French. Interesting. And That's I've only been able to read them unique. because of DCU's, DC Universe Infinite. Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never get rid of that app because they have these issues on there. Yeah. And so. Oh, like, yeah. And Shadow of the Bat. Yes. Uh, I have that trade, but I actually, I had, I couldn't go and get it out of my, out of my archives in time. So I had to settle, but I mean, I used Hoopla. So, um, I, I will say I prefer, um, if I can get hands on my digital or not digital, my physical copies, I'd rather go my physical copies. That's why I bought them in the first place, but, but that's okay. Um, cause it looks beautiful on on the iPad. Uh, how about, uh, Preston, when was the first time that you read this story? First time I read this was about a week ago, my friend. Whoa. All right. A newcomer here. <laughs> uh, totally a newcomer. So, you know, I am someone that's very uh, kind of associated, very familiar with Batman, the animated series, but I have never dove into this into this line of comics. Obviously, I was asking how many volumes there were because I don't yeah. know anything about yeah. it. <laughs> but, um, man, I was so impressed. I was so impressed because it literally feels like the most perfect translation from off the screen to on the page. I mean, you obviously have a lot of the same people responsible and Dini kind of writing this story. The artwork is insanely good and it just it just lines up so perfectly. Right now in the background, I've got the two face two parter on from from BTAS. <laughs> and it's just uh it's so perfect, man. And and yeah, I I loved it. And honestly, I couldn't stop. We we covered the first two stories. I couldn't stop after that. I'm just good. I'm just going through this thing. Good. We've created a monster here. Yeah. <laughs> well We've done. Created a monster. How about how about for you, Tim? When was the first time you read this? Um, I guess this is maybe two or three years ago because okay. also a fellow podcaster, Brendan Lowe, he's the one who first introduced the idea of these comics to me because he brought them up on Holy Badcast many That's right. times. And I'm like, Batman Adventure comics, what is he talking about? And then a uh, quick Google search leading to a Wikipedia article later. And then I, I found my new drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, <laughs> and I started collecting these. And <clears throat> you're right, Preston, this is like the most perfect distillation of that show in print form. And since like so many people could argue like, oh, this has been one of the best uh, distillations of this character. 
it's mm-hmm. like oh it's even it's even like if you can make something perfect even better if that's what these kind of comics are is because i think as you you get away with some stuff a little bit more like you can see them actually connect with a punch you can see them actually jump through a window break glass people smoking cigarettes and what have you um and yeah it's just a really really remarkable series of comics and i'm glad like these have been a part of me for a couple years now yeah it's yeah i'm not as much of a newcomer to it as preston but more like around like what tim said i was probably like three or four years ago when i Uh got when i picked up this uh trade because I bought when I got my iPad, my first iPad, and they had the and they started selling stuff digitally. I started buying the Batman Adventures uh, comics. They were like 99 cents a piece. Um, But I wasn't I mean, I've said it numerous times on this show that I came from small town. So we didn't have a comic shop. We had a spinner rack at the grocery store, but it was not kept up. And um, also you're a kid. So how do you even have money to go buy comic books anyway? So (laughs) so it wasn't until late, you know, late in adulthood and they started collecting these in the trades that then I really started to exploit it. So, yeah, it was probably like 2018 when I got after I got the volumes of the Batman Adventures, then I started picking up Batman and Robin Adventures. And so um, but I haven't revisited it a ton. So actually reading it this time around was also cool, too, because I didn't fully remember what all happened, which was a, a nice surprise. And then lastly, um, the two of you can, you know, tag team this question because it's a pretty unique way of like, why two timer? Why is this the book that um, you both came on the show to talk about? You That's a Tim question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is one of several topics, we several books that we could have discussed. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, because you're doing actually a lot of stuff like Batman animated comic uh, forms. Like you just did Mad Love for obviously mm-hmm. Valentine's Day and everything. And I was worried, like, are you going to be Batman animated comic out? Like, no, no. Like, <laughs> oh, Tim. I know. I know it sounds like a silly question on face value, but like there are times like, no, I want to see like Greg Capullo's Batman. I want to read some more about that. Oh, like his mm-hmm. art style. And there's something about this because there is a, much like so many of the Batman episodes for the Batman the Animated Series, there's a lot of empathy for the the antagonist. I don't even call him the villain in Two-Face, that there's empathy, and your heart breaks by the end of it. Like, yeah, we won, but at what cost? Like, so many great mm-hmm. Batman stories. And the fact that all this is, comes out because the Joker was bored is just even more like, because that that's how I like to think of the Joker. Like, yeah, he can have these great machinations of evil plans, but mm-hmm. a lot of times he's like, he just sees an opportunity. He's like, you know what? I'm going to mess with this person. And that's where the story comes from. And see that he does that to a, not a colleague, but a, I guess a, not an ally, but just somebody in the same kind of world of doing it to like a, an actual Arkham inmate. It's like, Okay, this is kind of interesting to me. And Tim, this is like important for me. It's it's not only someone in Arkham, it's someone who is like in active recovery, right? And that's what makes it hurt even more because it's someone that's like so close to rehabilitation. And just because this one, you know, a-hole it wakes up one day and is like, oh, it's Tuesday. I'm going to piss somebody <laughs> off, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the whole thing gets turned upside down, so... Yeah, it's it's quite the story. That's for sure. And like and we'll get there, obviously. But I love that right when you think it's over, right when you think, you know, the good guys have won, they do give you that little kick in the gut where it's just like, oh, you know, because that's very 
Batman the animated series kind of grounding it back down like you want it like at what cost exactly what Tim said so yeah that really hit me as well definitely and I'm I'm really glad that kind of how I think how this episode came about ended up being organic um because Tim I know that you know you've been on before and we talked about you coming back on the show and press and I invited you and our schedules were kind of conflicting and then as the three of us think we're probably talking about horror or something it was just like hey I have a crazy idea how about all three of us come on Batman book club? And Tim's like, Hey, I have some ideas for, for stories. How about any of these? It's like, Preston, is that good with you? Yeah. All right. Well, then let's here we go. go. Yeah. <laughs> and everything lined up guys, because we are recording on the second day of the month. It's in the two o'clock hour in Juneau, Alaska. And I have two <laughs> guests on this episode and we're talking about a two-faced story. That's right. The universe lined up quite perfectly, if I may say so myself. So uh, let's, I mean, you guys started to like lay the groundwork here of, I mean, obviously two-phase story, two-timer, issue one and two. We'll start off with Harvey Dent's, I mean, you can pick this up without having, I mean, let's just say that for some reason you're kind of unfamiliar with the animated series. You can start up this book and you you're kind of caught up. This guy's going through rehabilitation. His lady love and his best friend are constantly showing up weekly for these meetings for his rehabilitation. Uh, his best friend uh, Bruce is funding the rehabilitation. Um, Harvey, it seems it's like on the cusp of having that breakthrough that he's going to be Harvey fully again. And then because it's a Tuesday, Joker's bored and just decides to F with it and F it all up. I'm seeing, and I don't think, well, I don't know. Cause I haven't asked David Goyer or Christopher Nolan, but it's almost like, <laughs> I don't know that they ever referenced this in any way whatsoever. But as with, a, I think, man, there is a lot of really great comparisons with that movie. That's right behind Preston's head on this video, the dark hey, Knight, and all, and stuff. Of all Joker. you need is a yeah. little push, Ryan. Yeah. All you need is a little push. That's all it. All you need is just a little push. Uh, and I mean, Joker's interference and it, and Tim, you already said it. And the greatest thing is because he's bored. It like, <laughs> Oh my Lord. Is that not Joker? Yeah. Like I think Paul D said it on a fat man, a Batman ages ago. It's probably 10 years ago with this episode, but like how he describes Joker in his mind, he is the schoolyard bully where he loves to torture or make fun of somebody yeah. at their expense. And he'll get the immense amount of joy out of it, including killing somebody. If it like to get a, a laugh, the only thing he never wants is a joke on him. And that's why like, when a joke is turned on him, but you see some of the best episodes of the Batman animated series where it's like a Joker's favor, what how his comeuppance in the end by the person who's tor- he's torturing it nearly blows him up in an alleyway and Joker's screaming for Batman to save him. Or Joker's wild when they appropriate his image for a casino, pretty much for an insurance scam, but mm-hmm. it works because Joker wants to run hog wild and destroy the place. And the fact that Joker just sees like, oh, Something nice is going on over there. I shouldn't. Oh, I should. And really and goes a mess. He turns the dude's life upside down and then resulting in several buildings being destroyed in the process. It's crazy. But it's perfect. Um being 
Because Preston, I assume that you're a big fan of the animated series. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, but you're this is your first dive into the comic, and I know you kind of touched on it already. But uh, were were you in that world instantly, especially when they're in Arkham and you're hearing because, I mean, you know, there's so many episodes that do have uh, Two Face. Every episode has Conroy as Bruce Wayne, and then Joker's Mark Hamill. Hearing that when you get in that episode, are you just hearing their voices narrated all for you? Oh, dude, that's that's why I think it is like the most perfect translation to the page, you know, from yeah. the screen. Because not only not only do you hear their voices, but if you're like us nerds, we're listening to the score for the Batman the Animated Series in the background while we're reading. And so that's even like that's hitting home even more. So oh, it just it, it just feels perfectly at home. I mean, this thing's mm-hmm. like a like a warm blanket right here. This book is yeah, very comfortable. <laughs> and I yes. I, text, I took a screenshot. I was listening to the animated series uh soundtrack i had it on shuffle and i was like oh my gosh look at and the one that popped up was the oh my gosh i deleted it what it was called but it was it was a harvey dent track oh yeah as i'm reading this story and i'm like are you kidding the first two-parter his like that episode where he turns yeah uh and i have it right here let's see i'm opening it up because i'm a nerd i can't help it batman tracks dent yeah so like it was great the little things that just get me all giddy um (laughs) so the sequence of events is joker planting this seed of what's really going on between bruce and grace um i always it wasn't a huge deal by any means but it was interesting to me that they created grace lamont for in this universe rather than a just gilda but also it's not like it's ever been something that it's like really like bugged me it's just like huh some of those like interesting because gilda I mean, I just pulled it up just to double check. I mean, she made her appearance, her first appearance in the 40s. So it's a character that has been around, you know, and linked to uh, Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. So the fact they went with somebody totally new, but also like still, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Still get the point. Like still nails the point. But I love how this, this planning of the seed with Joker, and then it's just not enough for him to just do it once and run away. It's like he throws a grenade and then he comes back and he starts poking the shit out of Harvey and then runs away and leaves another grenade behind. And meanwhile, it's like more stuff. You know, then he's seeing Bruce Wayne and uh, Grace popping up, popping up, popping up, which is just like as much as he wants to dismiss it. He's just a ticking time bomb at this point, ready to explode. And then Joker does the ultimate asshole move and goes and gets oh, he's the. He's a little shithead in this episode. Like when oh, you think he is. About he's so bad. <laughs> so like, bad. He's he, such an instigator. And he, then I mean I love the playfulness of almost like he's an ass like I'm I guess you could say the asshole is like Bugs Bunny kind of can be an asshole but even like an I was going to say an <laughs> a-hole version of Bugs Bunny in this and how he's like you can hear like him taking off and exit stage left and you see like the the left leftover smoke and stuff. Yeah, but Bugs usually does that in retaliation. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, not. Yosemite Sam or Elmer Fudd will do something to him, and Bugs is like, "All right." You then he's a stinker. Yeah, he's not a stinker to start everything. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So that's how I feel like he's a little different from Joker. Also, he's not trying to allege uh, breaking up of a guy and his friend and his girlfriend. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, he plants this idea. Then he goes and he gets the he steals a phone and then he sets up in which 
at first I wasn't really sure who he was, who he was talking to. I don't know if it felt like an indicator uh, right away who he was talking to, but then the setup to first, like maybe this is the one that throws Harvey over the edge um, and getting Harley at this event that Bruce invites grace to in which grace almost it's like has, I think it's a slightly weird moment where she's almost kind of a legend with Bruce of like, I don't know, Bruce, you know, kind of like if you, you and I could have been some sort of thing. And he's almost, he's almost drawn as if he's like a stern, like grace, <laughs> like <laughs> no. And she leaves and gives him a kiss on the cheek. And that's when Harley strikes, takes the picture and then gives it to somebody from the Gotham Gazette who splashes it on front page because Bruce Wayne getting married is a front page, you know, headline, except none of that is true. And then Joker that takes be- the paper and sneaks it into Harvey's cell. <laughs> like, and, I, and I want to say not only sneaks into the cell, like is like bouncing like a school child to, to yeah. go show him. Like he's so excited for him to see what, what he's kind of put together. And speaking of like, um, Hearing the voices, by the way, when Harley goes to get that picture, it cracks me up because not only can you hear her voice, but Batman and Robin obviously immediately are like, whoa, we know that voice. Like, and and immediately, like, try to try to go after it and whatnot. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, like. Bruce Wayne being engaged would be like one of the royal family being engaged. I mean, yeah, it'd be worldwide news. Uh, So, yeah, like that would make a splash. And I love the fact that, like, that Harley is so recognizable that she even says Puddin at one point when she's shoving Dick Grayson out of the way. And they're like, oh, I know that voice. <laughs> and and I know everybody loves uh, Harley as her solo act. And I do enjoy a lot of the stories with her. But there is something about when, when Joker and Harley are in tandem, yeah, scheming is really something to behold. And or even, like, something like we were saying about hearing her voice when she gets uh, her comeuppance and then she retaliates by screaming babies in order oh to my gosh. cause the hyenas to jump out of the van to attack Batman and Robin. Like, I hear Arlene Sorkin's voice yep. screaming babies! Exactly. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> that that probably more so than almost anything else in this, When it, it is that panel when she yells babies and I can, I can hear Arlene Sorkin definitely in that. Um, like you said, Tim, though, I, I I totally agree. And I know that there's that Harley is like a solo act now, basically. Um, and I like uh, stories of her where she is now and stuff. But it's like, but what's your favorite? And I'm like, her in the jester suit working in tandem with Joker. There's something I mean, kind of as she debuted, that's just still really that's my favorite with Harley. And the Joker, her dynamic, because it is so they kept it really interesting um, of, you know, basically he could treat her like crap. For some reason, she goes back to him. And then when she's had enough and she's like, F you, then he goes crawling back to her. It's very dysfunctional. And then there's a lot of moments <laughs> right there in the middle where, like you said, just like in this episode or in this issue where he calls her like, hey, help me because, this, you know. To, to her, she'll do whatever he wants. But then also, I I believe with her that she thinks this is a really good joke. And, get, and, and for her, it's like, well, yeah, it is just a Tuesday. You're in Arkham. I'm free. So what am I going to do tonight? Sure, I'll do this, pudding. <laughs> <laughs> and then sure enough, all these, all these go into play. In which that first 
I mean, that first issue ends where, you know, it's a pretty good, I think it's a really good shot too of where he's busted into Grace's apartment. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, she's, I mean, she's scared. You could see that they draw that she has, you know, tears and stuff, but this all, it, it, what a great like setup. Cause it, it, you know, being the two parter, it does kind of remind me of the two face two parter of the animated series and how there is, you can just feel throughout like that first episode, it's building it like waiting for Harvey to kind of explode. And I do think in this one too, the first issue is you're just waiting for him to explode. And then at the end, they, they leave a nice little, like uh, leave you hanging because he has exploded. And then it's a great last shot too, where he's in there. We know the, I mean, Preston, I don't firmly remember when I, read this for the first time and like my reaction to it since you just read it a week ago i mean you know yeah. because of the tone of the show in this universe of like yes it's the end of this issue but you know that grace is going to be okay like physically like it's not yeah. like he's going to blow her head off or something that's right yeah <laughs> well shocking start to volume two uh, amazing wow. uh, or part two rather um dude one of the things that i wanted to really hit on and, and this is a perfect segue to that is just in really both of these stories the pace is incredibly perfect like it is yeah. so good within the first 10 pages it establishes the main setup of, of what's going on like joker already plants that idea in harvey's head like within yeah. the first 10 or so pages and from there it just escalates escalates little by little um and i think that's perfect about it and so yeah ends perfectly on that issue one there with him coming in and then I love the start to episode or to uh, to issue. Two, I know. That is. I think we both slipped. It's your turn, Tim. Call it an episode and not an yeah, issue. I know, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm already <laughs> professional here. I am the one that holds the line. <laughs> but I think no. I think it's a, that's indicative to the power of these comics that you keep saying it's an issue because it's such like we we have been hammering home. Oh, it's such a pretty much like i said an adaptation of, of this show is like oh yeah, yeah it could easily be an issue uh, an episode and we'd be happy with it it was it's never like one of those moments like well i wouldn't really imagine that being on tv maybe violence wise now might be a little different but it's never like yeah then all of a sudden like it was just like like a really obscure character just shows up like well he would never show up on the show like mm-hmm. uh i'm trying i'm trying to think like of a like North, like the Green Lantern, like Horbs, like you wouldn't expect him to show up in an issue, and you'd be like, "All right, I don't think he'd show up on the show, but okay, it's comics, we'll go with it." Yeah. Uh, the I mean, speaking of like with the show, and it wasn't until I was looking up some like background of you know this series in general, this comic series, and I mean, it, it makes total sense, but I guess I just like read it as is and didn't really think about it, and the shift of. You know, this was the launch of Batman and Robin Adventures because the TV show had transitioned instead of Batman, the animated series. It uh, was now called The Adventures of Batman and Robin in 1994. So then, you know, we and that was like to almost feature more of Batman and Robin, get Robin in there more, you know, as a the dynamic duo. And so the the comic series in the universe um, did the same thing. And I do think. Yes, just a little bit. These this story leans towards Bruce, but only in Bruce is the one with the history and the friendship with Harvey. Dick doesn't have that. But as far as screen time goes, I mean, I feel like it's pretty equal across the board. The book, the story starts with the two of them taking guys down, um, 
opening up this second issue here, it's Batman and Robin both just taking out thugs, trying to find out where where Two Face is and stuff. And then it's like Dick returns back to his dorm, and then is kidnapped by Two Face, and then it's Dick and Bruce in the big finale. And I mean, well, right before the finale, then it's Batman and Robin. So then this is a kickstart, and Preston, you'll have to. I mean, you know, since this is your first exposure to this. As you continue that first trade, too, you can see, I think it does balance itself pretty damn well of, yeah, this is a Batman and Robin book. Oh, gosh, for sure. And one of my favorite things about it, something you actually just mentioned, it is that Dick totally has that different perspective, right? Whereas mm-hmm. Bruce, Bruce is is just trying to bend over backwards to save his friend, you know, to help his yeah. friend. And Dick's like, I don't know about this guy. Like, I've been trying to tell you all along this dude's nuts kind of thing, you know? So uh, I really liked that dynamic um, and how it ended up playing out toward the end and whatnot as as it goes through that second uh, second story for sure. And it's something that there's two things I want to talk about. <laughs> two things. Um, <laughs> one, uh, in the first issue, there's so much like almost every scene, something like plural is being used, like us, we. Two, there's something being brought up in every scene and conversation. It's very on it's very like apt like that. And thinking about like we were saying, like we we're talking before about Harley and Joker's relationship and how terrible it can be and has been for a long time, like how abusive Joker is to Harley. Um, and yet they keep going back together depending mm-hmm. on who's telling the story. It's kind of the same way between Bruce and Harvey here, where it's a cycle of disappointment and violence and Robin's on the sideline trying to tell their friend like hey this person's bad for you and yet you keep continuing to be a part of their life when you really shouldn't and by the end Batman sees the the what Robin's been saying the whole time like yeah you're right my friend's gone it's just two-faced at this point yeah oh man I have a lot to say with that because I I totally agree and that gut punch that Preston alluded to that comes at the end of this story is very much like what, what you just said. And I mean, you always have Bruce slash Batman as being the hopeful one of like, no, there's always a chance, you know, Harvey's going to come out on top of this. And in, in the car ride in the Batmobile, um, Robin's kind of, this has always been, I've, I've probably said on this show, this is my favorite Robin iteration. I think in anything, uh, I, I just love this the relationship of the two, which is why with the lost years that I covered last month with Ryan Haas, I it not uh exaggerating of like, oh, it was really tough to read, but it almost seemed like Batman was a little dickish to Robin, and it's like he was never that way in the show with Robin. And I think I liked that a lot, that dynamic of the two with the show, and that's why Robin was my favorite, because you could just see that he had Batman's respect. But in that Batmobile ride. You sit there and you have Robin who's even saying, you know, if like he says, quote, you know, think about it. If Dent was really cured, it'd take more than a little nudge to send him over. He was waiting for something like this to happen. And Batman kind of tries to defend it a little bit, a little way. And, you know, you don't know Harvey like I do. And he says, but I know Two-Face and blah, blah, blah. And Robin tells him he's not Harvey, Batman. And that sticks. I think that sticks because that's the end of that. And then it jumps to basically dick's been dropped off so we don't we don't see any more of that conversation in the batmobile but then you see later on in that issue that batman flat out calls him two-face and two-face says to him he's like uh 
let's see what's he say exactly he's like harvey or sorry i'm trying to flip to it two-face yeah because he says let her go two-face and he goes two-face usually it's harvey don't tell me you've given up on my better half batman <laughs> that's they to bring me to the dark knight i said that there's a part in the dark knight in that final showdown with the gordons harvey and batman and there's a shift in the music that it, it and i i always credit it of like that's the point that to me where they harvey's allies realize like he's he's done like harvey's yep. gone at this point when a certain music track hits and i think it's it might be like right when he first shoots batman but that's how i yeah. feel with this because i don't feel in the animated series batman really ever gave up on him but i think in this that moment to me really said like robin was right and told him this and then he said that and it's just like and then the gut punch that comes you know a couple pages later god in in that i'm sorry to revert back to the film but it does coincide so much with this with this book and these stories and i just think about that moment you're talking about where he's just gripping that gun and just screams uh it's about what's fair you know yeah. and that is like when it's like okay that flip isn't being turned back and i think we i think we see that happen in this in this story yeah it, it, it's funny like i know when people love like to poke fun of, at bale's batman voice the back half of dark knight and dark knight rises like and when i join in that i think of a line from that scene and i just like you know what hurt the boy harvey yeah. um, <laughs> and, and then like and then Aaron Eckhart's like, that's not what's why I want this. What's fair? Like, like oh yeah. boy, everybody, we are swinging for the fences. For, yes. We're, we're acting with a capital A, but you know what? It works for this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also never understood. Like, he puts the gun to his head and then he flips. And I'm like, would he have shot himself before shooting Gordon? And Gordon never had it. But uh, uh, you're right though about the the loss of a friend and then the acceptance of that and that batman's like no he's truly gone right now and what you were saying before ryan like yeah there was other episodes where like there was the one episode where two-face was gonna get reconstructive surgery but Mm -hmm. the two-face personality planned against harvey dent and kidnapped his own self um i think it's in the second season of the that was probably the batman or robin uh Adventures of Batman and Robin season, and yeah, like it, it like Bruce Wayne and Batman. And he, Bruce is on. yeah, Bruce is funding that um that surgery too, and I and Harvey as he's starting you know to loop out you know, and he even says something about and I don't remember verbatim, but it is something of like Bruce has always been there or Bruce always been a good friend or something like that. So that he like that's another one of that far into the show even that far we've known Harvey Dent as Two-Face and yet still Bruce still there, still the friend. So I do think that like, it's not going to say that, you know, it was a powerful moment, but I think it, when you really read the dialogue in this, I just think that like, yeah, that's that to me is the moment in this universe that Batman's accepted of, I think Harvey's he's too far gone. Yeah. And also like, there's another moment like that in the dark Knight returns where, Bruce funds for Harvey get his face prepared, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take his psyche snaps. And then later on when he captures him and he sees how Harvey sees himself in that one flash of both faces, both sides of his face uh, match. Yeah, it, it is a, 
it's a cycle that continues because comics, but it's all, I'm always fascinated. Like even to like bring up long Halloween again, when they did the, the long sequel, the one that came mm-hmm. out two years ago, year and a half ago, uh, 2022. Yes. And yeah, like how that was, Oh no, that was very same 2021. Oh, I'm a sinner. I apologize. 2021. Right. Oh my God. Tim I'm fired. Passed away in 2022. That's right. Oh. Um, yeah, like that's another thing where like Bruce Wayne hasn't given up on Harvey Dent in that story as well. One quick note, because I find this interesting, and I do think as we continue to kind of hit home here recently, I do think at this point he was too far gone. But I will say, if you have the physical copy, I'm not sure if it's the same on the digital, but it's page 45. There's a frame right in the middle in the bottom and it's where he has grace on the rooftop and she calls him a monster. And I love his response so much because he looks really confused, really hurt saying no grace, you know, I'm not, don't say that. And then, you know, a second later he is furious again and absolutely snaps. But I do like for that, like split second, there is that, you know, sense of remorse maybe you know um mm-hmm. find that kind of interesting but now, that's for... what makes two-face you know two-face because he's always kind of <laughs> he's always kind of going back and forth it's almost like a last moment that i guess that the harvey personality can actually speak and then two-face pops back in but for both yeah. of you um so we've obviously we've read two-face stories where it really it it went with the you know two puns and Harvey Dent is just I mean it's he's not Harvey Dent it's just Two Face and it's about the gimmicks and the gags and stuff we've read those kind of stories. Do you prefer those stories or would you rather Two Face stories always be almost like the the hopefulness of Harvey Dent's gonna triumph? You go ahead. Uh part of me does love just like a good two just like it's full two face and we have two yeah. puns and everything it's a, it's kind of like mr freeze but with with uh two names like gemini uh yanis or what have you um but no the uh, the possibility of hope of rehabilitation of harvey is something i think is fascinating because i i believe in re- rehabilitation as a person anyway so i'm like yeah, I think there's always a chance, there's always a hope that he might get better. And that's why I think that that's why these are so fascinating because it's kind of like, you know how it's going to end. You don't want it to end that way. You're like, maybe this time it'll work out. Maybe this time it'll be a happy ending rather than a tragic or bittersweet ending. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I agree with Tim exactly. I like it because it's complicated, right? Mm-hmm. It's not black or white. It's... You know, there's a lot of gray in there, right? And you've got, you know, you've got somebody trying to help their friend and, you know, (laughs) who knows? We've all probably been in, I wouldn't say similar situations to this, but, uh, you know, we don't have hopefully a maniac as a friend like like Harvey Dent. But nonetheless, um, you could apply it to a lot of different things. But I, uh, yeah, I definitely prefer prefer that, you know, form of storytelling. Yeah, I think they each like they each have their benefits for sure. And sometimes I mean it, it what's your mood, you know, sometimes True. like um in this universe. So I'll say 
is Heart of Ice a more like a, a deeper written episode than Christmas with the Joker? Yes. What do I choose to watch more so than not Christmas with the Joker? Because sure. it's just more entertaining in a sense. So I feel like the two face gags and puns kind of issues and stuff like that. Like that's when I'm just like, I want, um, you know, it's overused, but like, I don't want to have to think too hard. I just kind of want some entertainment right now. I'll run to those because it's not going deep. But then when I am in those moods, a dark night mood, then it is like, oh, yeah, give me the tragedy of Harvey Dent. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Maybe I also this really will indifferent. I think there's something to be said for like a really cold two face as well. Kind of that yeah. straight up mobster gangster kind of guy, but just just straight to the point. You know, that's that's really cool. You know, characterization as well. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I was going to say, like, kind of like how in the Libra Mayo Joker story where Two-Face is just a mobster. Sure. And Joker has uh, information that he hangs over his head and like, and the fact that, no, that he is just, you can argue he's even just a plot device, but the fact that there is no ambiguity there and he is just Two-Face, like, that's just as entertaining as uh, him being morally, like, dubious or complex. So, like, like, I love those stories, but also love Batman versus a dead shot story. Like, yeah, I'll read that mm -hmm. anytime. I, I don't think it has to be complex. It's just a fight against time and will. So I think at the, I think it's a great looking uh, panel on that last page, which by the way, issue two has 22 pages. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Robin says to Batman as they're back to back. And I think that's just like a greatly drawn image by Templeton. And he says, yeah. as bad as it looks, everything that Two-Face destroyed tonight can be rebuilt. And Batman says no. And then you start to see like you see an overhead shot of of like the police cars and stuff. Then you see Grace with Two-Face and then you see her walking like toward us and away from uh, Harvey and Batman and Robin in the background and says not everything. And I think that's like the that's the punctuation mark in which I don't I honestly I don't remember if Grace pops up in anything past this or not, but I'd be surprised not if she did, but if there was still hope in her eyes, if she did pop up in another story of like Harvey's still there, you know, as uh, Gilda says, my Apollo. But um, now we meet her waking up at Bruce's house the next morning. That's, that's what happened. Hey, <laughs> hey. So they were <laughs> on to something. OK, well, this all makes well, sense. Joker. Sure your blues. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. Uh, let's talk. For a minute, <laughs> let's go with the guys that constructed this story. And I want to start with Templeton first, because I think it is a tricky. I'd imagine it's a tricky thing for an artist of like, hey, you're hired on to this uh, into this book. But you need to bring your own flavor, but make sure it looks just like what somebody else has done. Where Man. do you think like, what do you think an artist in that regard and I, I asked, I need to go back and revisit it. Uh, John Somariva was on this, this show and I got to talk to him and he did the Batman TMNT adventures combo um, series where, you know, his art matched the animated series, but then also matched it matched the 2012 TMNT series. But like, is that like, where do you think that they stand on that of like, yes, awesome. Or is it like, ah, I've got to make it. I got to mimic almost. Yeah, like Ooh, I imagine it's question. just 
there's a house style that you have to adhere to to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, like if you turn in your pages and all of a sudden Batman has Kelly Jones like ears, people would mm-hmm. be like, wait, hold on. I don't think this is uh this does not compute for this type of story. I do think that like depending on the framing of each panel, but is obviously up to them. But yeah, adhering to that, I think it, it could be kind of limiting uh in two on one hand, but I also think it could be kind of challenging uh on another hand like okay can i do this can yeah. i mimic this because i know how styles of, of certain of characters have been prominent at both of the big two at both marvel and dc yeah but like no you can't have suddenly like but like if you look at like steve ditko's spider-man versus john ramita senior's spider-man there's there is a difference between how ditko and ramita drew them but that they're still indelibly spider-man so yeah, and the fact that Tevel does pick it up from Rick Burchard, who's in the first issue, who did a lot of the Batman Adventures, yeah, it's just really remarkable that he's able to do so much or, or great work even early on here. Yeah, yeah, like it kind of reminds me of where in the film process, whether you know, let's stick to the comic book genre, whether it's a Marvel or DC movie, and you you typically see this a lot more in Marvel, at least to this point, where they may bring in an auteur of sorts, right? But they definitely have to stick within the confines of this very built, very established formula of yeah. sorts, for better or for worse, right? So that's a very interesting concept that, uh, you know, an artist would have to do for this, because as we have all just said over and over, you know, we can't say enough how this feels like an episode of Batman, Mm -hmm. the animated series. I mean, it's so perfect. So I um, I would love to know a little more, honestly, because I don't about how, you know, he was able to interpret some of his own style into this very established world, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't the same person directing every episode of the the TV series, sure. You know, but they every episode for the most part like looks, you know, the same. Mm-hmm. So it is it is a bit like that. That'd just be interesting because if I'm to get this book that's supposed to be in this universe, I want it to look like this universe, no matter who's, you know, no matter who's in charge. And then you go to the story itself. And I just feel like you hear Batman in the animated series and you attach Paul Dini. I want to know what that man has been taking for 30 years because he's on something good and he can't fail. <laughs> like this is a two Face story, which at this point, I don't know how many episodes of two Face had aired. And yet this, I think goes right along with like the strongest. I think the, I think the two Face stories in the animated series were all good. The worst quote unquote one was pretty damn good, you know? So, and and yet this feels like it could have been an episode and live up to that, live up to those expectations of all the Two-Face episodes in that series. Classic Paul Dini. Completely. Dini. Completely like, agree. Yeah, because Dini is able to do, he's great at two things. Uh, ah, Tim. I know, I'm just going to keep it going. <laughs> uh, he's able to do the straightforward Batman story where it's hell like, oh, we're going to tell a detective, so we're going to tell an adventure, and we're in, we're out, we're good. Uh, I think of, what was it, Sleigh Ride, 
Like mm-hmm. when it's when uh, Robin is kidnapped by the Joker on uh, Christmas uh, during Christmas, like that is just a, that's a straight story, a straight adventure. But like he could also do, he can reinvent or break these characters and do something very uh, different with them, like Heart of Ice, or I'm trying to think of like he didn't. I don't know if he wrote uh, Robin's Reckoning, but like that's also very much based off the. Uh, a lot of the stories of Robin up to that point, but you get my point where like, no, he can do something a little different or no over the edge over the edge is structurally. It's a very different uh, episode compared to any of the other episodes yeah. of the show. And that's something he breaks the structure of that show, but still adheres to what you expect from a story. And everybody for the most part seems to love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know Danny, I don't know if he's going to be on, the Batman the Adventures continues season three that is currently out and running now. I don't know if he's going to write every single one of those, but so far he's written the first two. Um, and I mean, this is just like the Daniverse in in my <laughs> eyes. Um, I don't, I like nobody knows this tone better than he does. The look can, which the most recent, um, which the most recent issue is Kevin Altieri who's also, you know, had his hands in this series um, all these years too. The look was a little bit different, but as far as like the story, the tone, the characters of that issue and everything, it was like, yeah, this is Paul Dini. So I don't know how that guy, I mean, it's, it's just rare. I think that you have somebody that just when they touch something that that is like, it's just, it's nearly perfect. Like every time. And I can't, I, and I can't really think of, anything that like he did that i just didn't really like (laughs) in this when it comes to the comics or the tv series itself and then like tim's favorite batman story mask of the phantasm like he just something unique and special with uh dini in this universe he just he can't fail i still want to see that uh feature film live action screenplay come on let's make it happen okay (laughs) <laughs> I'll call him up. We'll see if we can do it. James Gunn to hire him to write the Brave and the Bold. Come on. But I'm not going to say <laughs> that to get my hopes up because no, I like getting your hopes up for any comic book movie, especially a DC one, is a fool's errand. I think we've learned that by now. <laughs> uh, for two timer, I mean, I've hit all the points in my notes. Is there anything we haven't touched on that either of you want to want to talk about? I think Dick Grayson needs to change dorms because goons yeah. just happen to find him all the time at college. This like is everybody true. knows what yes. it is. <laughs> Between this or Demon's Quest or even Fear of Victory, where the scarecrow, not knowing that that's Robin, because he's trying to douse his roommate, like yeah, like I don't know, change it, get a different hall, man. Like, go campus, campus, yeah. campus security, campus. right? Yes, yeah, sucks. <laughs> Bruce needs to help. Fun- he needs to fund that. get lock up get lock up as security for no for the university i mean eh, eh, he wouldn't let anybody in i'm sure yeah but also he like breaks away his kneecaps for not putting the red bull can the recycle receptacle you know (laughs) the students would learn if if that's your authority yeah i give you that i'd be recycling how about you preston do you have anything that you're itching to talk about that we hadn't covered yet I tell you, the only thing I can really add, and it doesn't really even have anything to do with this particular story, is just the fact that I can't wait to finish this yeah. this lovely, beautiful book, and I can't wait to buy it 
and then yeah. buy the other two volumes and then yeah. go buy like the other six yeah. volumes you there know Woo. why why stop why stop here i was so impressed with this and i really did just think it was a great time and they're easy breezy right yeah. nothing heavy like they're just enjoyable light and um yeah big fun Unt- last episode untold legend of the batman um great story but you know you need to sit some time aside to read that one and those are great to read and then i do get something like this that i was able to read twice before we recorded because it is a breeze of a read and it's just so fun and enjoyable that it is like yeah i want to read that again before we talk about it where sometimes it is like up to the minute of like gotta finish gotta finish so i'm i'm with you on that one of i did i enjoy this series for that regard because just like the tv show it is like you know before i go to bed i'll i'll throw on animated series episodes why not and watch some batman and then drift away to sleep and then dream of me fighting in gotham <laughs> that's <I actually laughs> did that exact thing earlier this week i put on the animated yes! series i fell asleep and i dreamt that i was gliding around gotham like batman hell yeah oh oh having a good dream <laughs> and like I, I, I told this to our friend Andy DiGenova, and like I made the joke, like it felt like this. And I posted a screen grab of Batman gliding around Arkham City in the video game, and it did not feel this like this. And it was just the real close up of Robert Pattinson in a squirrel shoot suit, and I'm just like, it did not feel like that. <laughs> and I'm like, so it was a good dream. I, I just feel like that's like the only shot in that movie. I'm like, mm, do we need that? I think that we could have shot that in profile. It looks a little goofy. It's kind of like the same joke we made about Black Adam, where like they're extreme close oh, of, of Dwayne yes. the Rock Johnson flying through the air. I'm like, I don't know if we need this shot. You know, when you <laughs> when you started that, it made me think of that uh, that image that you just see, and everybody changes the thought bubbles. But it's the man and woman back to back in bed, and she's like, "I bet he's thinking about another woman," and then he's like. I'm gliding again in Gotham City as Batman, yeah. you know, sort of deal. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's never been anything more accurate than that. And I've told my mirror so many times of like early on, if you ever had thoughts, I think now, you know what I'm really thinking about. And it's Batman. Like it's Batman. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Why, why dream about sex when you can dream about Batman? I mean, come on. Who, yeah. who needs that? It's yeah. Either that or like, the few times that I like I'm having a nightmare and I wake up my lady because I'm like yelling in my sleep and I she'd ask me in the morning like what happened like oh Michael Myers killed me again yeah that <laughs> Michael got me too again many times that sneaky uh, son of a bitch I'm so yeah. happy that the three of us are recording a podcast and Michael Myers did get brought up I mean take a drink <laughs> yeah. everybody amongst the three of us or a conversation amongst us that that was not brought up at least once yeah I mean, it'd have been a sin if it didn't. Uh, (laughs) Let's let's hop into some favorites here. And Preston, I didn't know if you were prepped for this. So I'll go with Tim first. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Tim, what was your favorite part of Two Timer? Oh, geez. My favorite part about it. um, It might be the beginning of issue two. The montage of Batman. A montage. <laughs> Need a montage. <laughs> montage uh, of Batman searching for Grace and Two Face, um, and how it ends with just the the, the cheerful uh, Robin waving at the incapacitated goons. Night. Like that's just a perfect. Like that's Batman and Robin to me. Like 
even in the next issue, which is a Riddler Christmas uh, uh, issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read it, Preston, or not. Um, yes, oh, yes, the next one, the third one, yeah. Yeah, there's one moment where Riddler's driving away in a van. He's like, ah, ah, I finally got away. I finally beat them. And Robin pokes his head in upside down. <laughs> He's like, howdy! And I'm like, that's <laughs> Robin to me. That's Dick Grace's Robin to me. Just yeah. To, and seeing a moment like that in two-timer, like, yep, that's Batman and Robin to me. That's why Robin exists. Nice. Preston, what about you? Man, you know, th- this is the thing I thought of immediately. And if you want to look at it again, I can't speak for digital, but physically page 26. And, you know, I hate to pick a Joker moment in, in a two-phase special, but if it wasn't for Joker, this special wouldn't be a thing because he is the, you know, the instigator of all of this. But Mm -hmm. I just love at the top, you know, he says, you know, God, if only I could speak like Mark Hamill. I admitted all bats. I knew Harvey only needed the the tiniest push in the right direction. So I pushed and we have Batman saying, why Joker? And again, we go back to the line because it was Tuesday. And then I just love the shoulder shrug of being (laughs) like, Oops, <laughs> did I do that? You know, yeah. it's, so it's uh I just I love that so much. I think it's very, very smart. And it's oh so Joker, as we've mm-hmm. established. And I mean that right there, oh, it, Joker. You are yeah. <laughs> right. uh, alludes to what you said toward the beginning too of you know, another you know, connection with the Dark Knight of there, like so I pushed and it's I mean it's it's right there too of exactly uh it's okay that you chose a Joker moment because I will too. I'd almost say if you could string all of his moments in that first issue together, but that would I'd almost feel like cheating a little bit. But I think the instigating part in which digital matches up uh with your physical copy. Every page that you mentioned it's the same one digital. But yeah, how you know from where it starts to him and you see that like you know that it's you know who it is when at the bottom of page ten cards are being thrown into a pur- purple hat. I love purple, and then <laughs> and then you have Joker, and, and it just shows of like he is just bored, and then goes and looks, and then like that starts it all because he's just bored, and then he's like, oh look at that, yeah sure why not. You know what I also really like the thought of, and this is just kind of fan fiction type stuff, but I like to think that he could get out at any moment that he wishes, but he's just like, you know what, who am I going to F with today? Like, let's just, you know, (laughs) let's just do something like. (laughs) As he says, I mean, in, in Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum, you know, like it's the crazy ones out there. Like the normal ones are here in here. Like he has just as much fun in Arkham as he does out of Arkham. Oh yeah, and you can tell. Yeah, like I'm reminded of two movie moments. Like one is, uh, like going back to the Dark Knight. Like I think of like the one Joker lines that always sticks with me is when he's trying when Joker's trying to convince uh, Harvey to become Two Face. He says, "Look what I did to this town with just a few gallons of gasoline and a couple mm-hmm. of bullets." Like he doesn't need a lot to to turn Gotham upside down. Yeah, but I also think of. The Silence of the Lambs, uh, after multiple Migs has thrown his uh, ejaculate at Clarice when she's trying to leave, Elector talks to him for the rest of the day and, and resulting in multiple Migs swallowing his own tongue because he decided he wanted to take revenge against his other inmate. I'm like, I could see Joker doing something yeah. like that just to his his fellow inmate, just to, for his own satisfaction. 
I mean, because of that mm-hmm. scene, I mean, what you just used there too is total Joker of you have a guy in Hannibal Lecter who has killed and eaten people. And yet for some reason, like how dare you be so disrespectful to this woman and then yeah. talks him into killing him. Right. And it's kind of like, that's as messed up as that is. It's like, that's totally a joke that Joker would love and appreciate. And it goes fully with the, you know, the old adage, I think, you know, Denny O'Neill would always preach of like, you don't know if the Joker is, you know, going to hug you or shoot you. <laughs> you don't know. And, and which is why I always love that Joker Joker included in a two face story because, you know, I, I just keep going back to the dark Knight because it's my favorite movie. But <laughs> the fact that Joker sees a guy who will, his decisions are all based on flipping a coin. Like Joker loves that madness. Oh, loves yeah. it. So like, I love that Joker's used in a two face story as well to help. Like, that's just like uh, such a Harvey's just a good toy for him to play with. So, Totally, you know what? There, it's totally fine, Preston, that we chose Joker moments. Um, <laughs> how about a favorite panel out of Ooh. either issue? You can start this one off, Preston. Okay, this is actually another like little bit of an odd choice, but I kept going back to this freaking panel, and it's not even a big one. Page twenty nine is the first page of issue two. Literally, the first panel we get the basically pov of batman and he is about to beat the crap out of this guy and i love the terror in this guy's face and i love in the background you can see the shadow you can see the cowl and the cape and all that and uh for whatever reason i just thought this is so cool because when i first started reading this um this page i actually totally missed the shadow in the background so i was just kind of reading the uh the, the line there and it and initially I didn't realize whose perspective we were seeing at that point. Um and so it took me a second and then once we once we flip obviously we we have them. So um I really dug that one. I know that's kind of that's kind of strange but for no, some reason great. I kept going back to it. I think it's a great choice. Unexpected. Well done. Yeah. Tim, what do you think? Uh also the follow the trend of unexpected uh, page <laughs> 20 or page 15 if you're reading individual issues, uh, partly with the flamethrower camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And just like, I've watched enough action movies, I know what a flamethrower sounds like, so I just hear that in my mind. And it's one of those things, it's one of those panels that always comes to my mind when I think of these comics, as well as this story specifically. If not, it was also going to be the close-up of Harley's Screaming Babies. and like, oh, that's just... That's just perfect uh, Batman animated series right there. I know it has nothing to do with the tragedy of Two-Face or even the Joker, but it, for some reason, those two panels stick out to me. Nice. Uh, I and like Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, to also pick a second, I, mm-hmm. I will give a follow-up just very quickly. And, and this, you, I don't know. I almost don't want to say this because I got a feeling you like this one a lot, but I love uh, that image of Two-Face on page 27, busting in. Like, I think that's a great shot right oh. there. You you talked about that one a lot. And I think that's a that's a really cool image as well. Uh, it is a cool image. Um, there are some good images, I think, here with, with Two-Face. I think the cover to issue number two. Oh, um, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a really cool, great cover. Um, but mine actually is way back in page... 
first issue, page 10, the very top, exterior shot of Arkham. There's, I think that's supposed, yeah, that's daytime. You darken it just a little bit. That can be a moon. And then, I mean, it's just a, you know, like a shot of Arkham from a distance with a moon behind it, even though I know that's the sun, but that and the gates and everything like that to me always gets me excited. Always. I I love the, the vibe of Arkham and uh, it's a serious house on serious earth. Anyways, um, (laughs) The, the third question, and this is always tricky when it comes to a story like this, um, would you like to see this adapted in animation? Most of the stories I talk about on here don't have a weird asterisk next to it. Asterisk. <laughs> there we go. This one does because the show's not around anymore. This one wasn't adapted in the series. Kevin Conroy's not around anymore. I don't know if Richard Mole is or not. Yeah, um, Richard Mole still is, thankfully. He still is. Okay. Um, I'll like me first when it comes to him. Like, well, if you don't have Conroy, then don't do it. Much like Adam West with even the two cartoon movies uh, yeah. from a few years back, I felt like once he passed, I know that you could get some people to try and sound like West. I know he's not around, so it would distract me from listening to it. So I feel like that universe maybe just be done. And this too, I wouldn't want them to try and do it because I know it's a Conroy impersonator. But throw all of that out the window, none of those extras, and just take it at face value. Would you like to see this story adapted in animation? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Why would I want to? No, of course I'd want to see it. I'd want to yeah. see it. Like if the worlds were aligned, if things were perfect, if we can had that slider technology and go to that other universe that Conroy's still with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I absolutely would. And then like, but also like, even if we weren't going to do Kevin Conroy, like I know Troy Baker's done impressions of Conroy or even Bruce Greenwood, who's not doing a Conroy impression. He's doing his own thing. Like I think Bruce Greenwood's also a great voice actor. I, for I do too. Yeah. I mean, I love him in under the red hood and in young justice. Like I, I think even he could pull it off, but the fact that it's so, indelible with kevin conroy like i don't think it will will happen but if the universe was fair i'd say yes Mm -hmm. oh man i say i want this in hand-drawn animation i want this in cg i want this in live action you give it to me however you want i'm gonna take it up animation yes please (laughs) yeah i mean taking elements of the story for something else uh I'd be all for it. I I think this this was. You could tell me that Dini had this script written as an episode for the show and it had to get cut because of budget or something, and I would believe it. I feel like this was waiting to happen as an episode of the TV show. But um, yeah, I mean, as I just said, without Conroy, I don't think that you do it. We're years beyond that that universe anyway. So comic form is a uh, perfect form. Um, and that about does it. And I mean, funny enough, guys, this is this was a big moment today because what I'm showing you is a hardcover Lego Batman movie notebook that I actually busted open and used when I started the Batman book club. And guys, notes for this show were on the very last page. Look at that. This notebook for the Batman book club is done. 
Oof, man like, minus the wrap-up episodes pretty much every episode notes is in this in this one you talk about some blood sweat and tears going into <laughs> My a goodness. notebook huh? you better save that you better not throw that out <laughs> i know it and so then now i was like well what do i do for the next notebook and what are the odds a batman the animated oh. series notebook man that, that thing is, is pretty still, yeah and i mean it's a fun like padded like uh cover and and back to it and it's still unwrapping and i've been waiting for a moment so i think it's time look at that there you go man i'm spent emotionally i'm so spent (laughs) so uh i want to thank both you gentlemen for uh coming on the show talking some batman i appreciate it uh why don't one of you i don't even care who one of you just, just plug away where can people follow you oh tim have at it my friend all right i was trying to give you the uh the, bunch of gentlemen uh, on this here podcast, you see? A bunch of gentlemen. <laughs> uh, we're so we're so polite and gentlemen. We never get anything done. We're just like, no, after you, no, 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 you. Right. no you, no you, no you, no <laughs> you, no you. Hang up. No you. Hang up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Tim Rooney. Even though I don't really post there that often, try to stay off social media. But when I do, you can find me there uh i have a few podcasts please rewind the rf for our retro show which is on an indefinite hiatus right now the anything goes podcast when i have time and my new show can of nostalgia uh which is talking about three different decades the 80s 90s 2000s and myself and two uh my two buddies we talk about we each bring a topic to the table of something a nostalgic piece from that time period and decide if we should recycle it or reject it to see if we want this to come back. Our first episode is out right now, talking about Little Caesars' uh, partnership with Kmart's, uh, the Pure <laughs> Moods uh, CDs, as well as Cruising the USA. And at the time of this recording, we're in prep for episode two, and I really think people are going to want to listen to that one. Sweet. Damn it. Tim, that cruising, cruising the USA theme is going to be stuck in my head now. Thank you very much for that. Um <laughs> Well, Ryan, firstly, thank you, man, for for having us and having me along again. Yeah, first time and and super happy to be on here with you guys, man. So, um, hey, if we did this more often, I can promise you I'd be reading a lot more comics. That's for sure. sure. And uh, and dissecting them a lot. So I'm going to. What's that? I think that's what he's betting for us to do. He wants us to do more (laughs) podcasts so he can read more comics. He wants us to justify it. That's right. Yes. I'm I'm going to go buy all these. I'd better be able to talk about them on a podcast. Damn it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Get your money's worth. Um, But gosh, much like uh, Tim said, you can keep up with me on Twitter at Preston967. I'm on Facebook under my radio name. Sorry for the confusion there. Preston Green. Um, I'm also on the RF for RM forums feed, all that good stuff kind of hanging out from time to time on Facebook. And uh, I'm on Letterboxd at Preston967 as well. So give me a follow there. I'm always uh, trying to stay busy logging stuff. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Um, follow both of these gents and you may find yourself in a Halloween themed uh, chat group. You, you oh, just don't yeah. know. It's crazy. It's what birthed this discussion. This episode was Halloween. So thank you, Michael Myers. Uh, as for the Batman book club, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, sometimes some giveaways. And at the drop of this, this here episode, you got to go to Twitter because this year's bracket challenge I'm thinking, because I'm trying to think ahead now, I think it will have been revealed by this point. Um, And I need a lot of people's opinions for the bracket challenge. So make sure you go to Twitter Mm. at the Batman BC 
because I I mean, I'm sweating right now just thinking about the brackets because it's it's going to be wild. I just have to say, like, I don't mean to turn this into a college basketball podcast, but this is like the most open field I can remember in recent and in just general <laughs> history. Like, I, I, you know, normally you got that one group of teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else. I just do not see that this year. So I, it, I think it's gonna be very interesting. And totally relates to the bracket challenge for the Batman Book Club because there are going to be matchups that I think people are going to be pissed that they have to choose one. They can't choose both. So that'll be yes. fun. Make sure you follow on Twitter, but also uh, subscribe to the Batman book club YouTube page where me and the Italian Peter Vera um, are doing the road to no man's land. We had a, we missed that on February because schedules the classic uh, villain of podcasting. Um, but March, we're going to wrap up road to no man's land and then head to no man's land. So go to YouTube and do that. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. Number one, patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Number two, tpublic.com. Type in TBBC for the Batman book club. You can get all court, all sorts, all courts, all sorts of a uh, swag with you the Batman really book club on it. Mind, don't you? I really do. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> But if you don't want to spend any money at all, it's 100, 100% A-OK. The uh, quickest, most impactful, and cheapest thing that you can do is rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever. Just go to the rate and review page and rate and review the show. Because the more reviews it gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So for Tim Rooney, for Preston Willis, for Ryan Hour. I am Ryan Lauer. Until next time, read my Batman comics. <laughs>